This week on the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, we'll talk about Charlotte's affordable housing problem, a fajita thief gets 50 years, and sexting. All that and more on this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the Busted Knuckle Studio right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always, but before we begin, let me introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right. I'm talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, but most of you probably know him best as as the Silver Tongue won 2018's Honorable Mention Pizza Maker of the Year, the inventor of the Redneck Egg Roll. Give it up on old mic number four. It's Mojo! Hey, Padre. I didn't know if I was supposed to wait or not. You can do whatever you want, man. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us once again for the Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. You can reach us on Facebook at Southern Fry Philosophy. You can also go to our Twitters and the Instagram at SFP Radio. You can also go to website at www.southernfryphilosophy.com. You can also find us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash SFP radio. Mojo, I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week. How you be doing? Buddy, what's got my biscuits burning this week? What is it? The Southerners are already complaining it's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was uh, 82 out today. Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. And I've already been seeing people posting about cooler weather already. I, I tell you... Probably like two weeks ago, I think there was like snow on the ground, or like it was pretty, somewhere pretty close to that. <laughs> yeah, and now it's eighty three, eighty four, whatever, yeah. and and we're complaining already. Yeah, it, it, <sighs> people just need to go outside and enjoy the sun. I mean, it's a beautiful day. Yeah, out there. no, it's gorgeous, man. I mean, I was out, I was outside all day, so I mean, it was it was great. It's it's no uh, shock to anyone that I am a proud member. Not really proud, but I am a member of. The uh, Fat Five Fat uh, Fraternity, the Fraternity of Fat People. Um, but during the summertime, hey, buddy, man, it gets – it's it's not good for fat people. <laughs> we can only take off so much clothes. Right, right. But, I mean, in the winter, you could just pile it on. Right. And then people look at you like, oh, you must be warm all the time. Well, right. as a matter of fact, yes, I am. Uh, but in the summertime, good gracious, I'm, I just sweat all the time. Right. I hate it. Well, at least at your house, you have all these gorgeous older oak trees, mm-hmm. I guess, yep. that uh, help create some shade for your mansion-style house. Right. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> dude, it, trust me, it, the heat, I hate the heat, like the 110-degree heat with yeah. 100% humidity out there. But, geez, man, people already starting to complain. I mean, yeah. this is spring, baby. Yeah, at some point, I'm pretty sure I'm going to just go move my office to the basement, <laughs> and which is like a... a a crawl space, if you will. <laughs> a dank, dark dungeon. <laughs> dark, yeah. damp dungeon. That's where I'm going to work, to be cool for the summer. I just, I hate the summer. Hate it. Well, so do you, are you a winter person then? Oh, yeah. Like, really? when, once football season starts, I'm good. I'm good until See, I like the that. end of spring, and then... Uh, well, I mean, I, I, do like, I do like spring. Mm-hmm. That rebirth of, right. you know, creation. I do love that. Yep. I love, the, love seeing the greenery, especially after just so many gray, cloudy winter days and the leaves barren, you know. So yep. I do enjoy that. Sure. And, and, except for that one good pollen dump Ooh. week, you know, here in the south where... One. It's been like a month, dude. Well, no, you got to get in stages. But after that first week, everybody's <laughs> already had their sinus infection. So sure. it kind of clears up a little bit. So, um, nice. but, 
but yeah, the summer though, you know, it creeks in the summer. Hopefully, we have we actually have a spring, you know, mm-hmm. because right. the South, it's you'll you either have a winter and jump right into summer, or you'll actually have a transition. So hopefully, this transition lasts a little longer. And maybe that's Boy, what we're worried about is like it's going to go straight into you're playing like ninety five. You're playing with me, you mother, mother yep. nature. Yep. But I mean, we should be used to this, right? It goes spring and winter and spring winter and go and went yeah. back and forth for a while, right? So maybe it'll just kind of ease. In I'm just there. hoping global warming holds off for a little while longer. <laughs> so. Well, you know, in 120 years, we'll, we might see one inch of that shoreline dissipate. So yeah, that's right. That. That's right. So how you be doing, buddy? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. One of the podcast question of the week was, has there been anything that you've ever bought on TV, like from an infomercial? Have you have you ever bought an infomercial thing? Um, I've never bought an infomercial thing, but I have. Mm-hmm. Remember back in the 80s when um, Call 1-900. Oh, careful. Well, mine wasn't anything like that. Mine mm. was one nine hundred Freddy Krueger, <laughs> and you get a you get a secret invite to a Freddy Krueger Halloween party. Oh, so I did that. Hey, buddy, and um, didn't think anything of it. It was just a stupid recording that I listened to with my friends about three times. <laughs> and uh, later that month, my parents got a phone bill for two hundred and seventy two dollars. Oh, and back snap. in back in like eighty eight, that was a lot. It was like four hundred bucks, probably. I mean, I would guess now, but. That's the only time I've ever done anything like off the TV type mm-hmm. thing. Um, I mean, I, some of those nights before, you know, the, I guess, early 90s before our channel um, expansion, you know, where you have mm-hmm. thousands of channels now you can just kind of watch and vegetate when you, when you can't sleep. I did. Right. I have watched the old uh, Home Shopping Network or the QVC yeah. just to kind of see and you, what's going on. But I never <laughs> bought anything, especially in their three easy installment payments. So, <laughs> so, so I'm assuming you bought something. Well, let me uh, also introduce uh, Anthony. He is with us. He's in the uh, the smoking hot uh, bad mother smoker seats. He decided he wanted to join join us. So say Come hey. Hang out, yeah. How we doing tonight? Oh, look yeah. at that voice. Let's do it one more Sultry. time. Sultry. How we doing tonight? <laughs> Man, it's like velvet ice cream. So I guess I just got booted out of the show <laughs> and been replaced by Anthony. Um, so Anthony, have you ever bought anything off of TV, like an infomercial thing? I've recently just done this in the mic. I recently just done this. What'd you get? I got a Fitbit. A Fitbit. Okay, but I mean Fitbit, you get it at like Walmart, yeah, and that's yeah. normal. But this one was for six easy payments of forty six dollars. I was like, I'm I'm on that. <laughs> six wait, six payments of forty bucks? Yeah. How much are those things normally? I don't know. The newer ones are like three hundred. The newer ones are like four hundred, three hundred. Holy wow. Okay. Cow. I guess that was a deal then. All right, so I guess that is a deal. Um I listened to uh the Rick and Bubba show who have um really pushed this my pillow. <laughs> that oh, you yeah. see on TV. Have you ever seen the My Pillow? Negative. Um, it's supposed to be the most comfortable pillow that you've ever, you'll ever sleep on. Doesn't the owner though? Doesn't he look like he uh, the dude from uh, Adam's Family? The dad. <laughs> Gomez. He Gomez. Gomez. He looks like Gomez. He does look like Gomez, except in color. You, I mean, you can't. That mustache can't be real. I mean, or, I mean, or his hair, or his or colored. His, everything's <laughs> got to be colored. Like it, it can't be right. You know, he's probably a silver fox under that brown hair. He yeah, has. you probably. <laughs> anyway, I, anyway, I digress. I'm not going to think about that. But uh, anyway, so I decided I'm going to try this buy pillow thing. There was a really good deal, not four payments of forty four dollars, but uh, you could buy two, and you got two free travel pillows. So I was like, well, I'm going to give it a shot. I needed a new pillow anyway. And, man, I was all excited. I thought, this is going to be it. This is going to change my sleeping pattern. Um, it's a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's okay. 
I, it no, but it hasn't revolutionized your it has sleep. Not. It has not. In fact, it got me to the point where I'm like, well, now I just need a new mattress. <laughs> <laughs> to match a pillow. <laughs> I tried the my pillow. That didn't work. Let's just try a new mattress. Well, I'm sure there's probably mymattress.com. You can probably get it. Well, they also push Casper mattress. Yeah. So I'm not going to go the Casper route though. There's a, man, there's a hundreds of thousands of those companies now. Have you noticed oh, yeah. That? I mean, they're crazy. There, and there's like Angela. And even one I saw when doing some research was called Avocado. Now, listen, if you name something that's not the name of something mm-hmm. and that's not that, then that, right. I don't get it. Avocado for a bed? What? I mean, yeah. y'all. Is it like a scratch and sniff bed or something? No. no. It does, and that has nothing to do with real avocados. Hmm. No guacamole included. Actually, that'd be legit, right? <laughs> what if you, what if you pull like it back and then you started eating some guac and then yeah. you know put the cover back yeah. on, have some guac in your bed? Yeah, every, I guess what well, Casper mm. was probably the first one. Yeah, yeah. And then man, there is so many now. You hear it on crawl across talk radio. Yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts and talk radio, so you hear a lot of that mattress promotion thing. But yeah, um, we did recently buy one for our daughter's bedroom. Not not the the, Casper. No, not the okay. high dollar one. But we bought some janky one from Amazon. <laughs> right, and uh, it was pretty cool coming out of the box. Though, oh I yeah, got to cut it. I got to cut the box and cut the uh, air sealed pack, and mm-hmm. then just watch it inflate. So yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah. But, um, I'm sure mine's probably made with straight from out of hiding asbestos for the price I paid for it. So, but she needed a mattress. So there you go. I mean, no, no other mattress could do uh, that good as asbestos. And well, at least you know. it's fire retardant. Is it? Well, asbestos. Asbestos. Is. <laughs> so, so you can hide under. But the bed. she may have mesothelioma <laughs> later on. <laughs> good news is there are commercials about people right. that have mesothelioma right. that they can. You have you ever suffered help. or know a loved one? Yeah, I am not, by the way. I probably need to write that number down now. <laughs> but uh, the pillows did the same thing, right? You opened it up and just, you know, yeah, it inflated, yeah. and that part was kind of cool. Yeah, that was um, the best part of the pillow. Well, and listen, it's not horrible. Right. Like, I'll keep it, uh, and I'll keep using it and whatnot. And but is it going to be your main pillow? Because everybody has a main be. pillow. Yeah, it'll be the main pillow. And I will say those travel pillows are legit. If you're going to get something. How many how many pillows do you sleep with? Just one. One. How many pillows do you, how about you? Andy? One. I got three. What? Because I'm a side sleeper, mm. Mm. so I gotta I gotta have one between my knees because my knees be bumping together. Mm. Uh, I gotta have one to hug to, so I don't so I don't turn over all my sleeping on my chest. So I, do you I have to sleep on your side? Uh, my back. I've had so many accidents yeah. and stuff like that. My, gotcha. you, you know, my back is just all jacked up, laying straight. Yeah. So, in fact, that was the worst part about being in the hospital having to lay on your back. Oh but, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, I'm a side sleeper, so I have to have three. And, and I, I've slept on my side for 40 years now, mm-hmm. and for some reason, the last five, I've had to have a side pillow. I, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't know. So I would snuggle up to my old lady, but she, she's like a heater. You know, <laughs> you end up sweating. So I can't understand. Like in the movies, you know, when you grow up, you mm-hmm. think, oh, well, you're supposed to cuddle, cuddle all night. night. Yeah. Nope. That no, lasts for about happen. five minutes, and you're like, get off me. Well, Anthony probably cuddles, but he has another kid. <laughs> See, that's why I don't cuddle. I don't, I don't want another kid. <laughs> I want a four-year streak. <laughs> a boy. Um, yeah, so, I mean, give out my, you know, try out my pillow. Now, if they ever become a sponsor, oh, we'll push them like crazy. Phenomenal. Crazy, what to, pillow what to delete this episode. <laughs> no doubt. All right, so we are going to go into some wacky news. Every time I look around, it's in my 
doesn't love fajitas? I love fajitas. Anthony, do you like fajitas? I enjoy them. <laughs> the only thing about fajitas, though, is they'll bring the bring them out on that that skillet that's you know hotter than Hades. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, you end up smelling like it all know, day, every all day. day. Yeah. So that's the worst part. But dude, I remember when Chili's opened up in my hometown. Uh, they were like the fajita king in the world and then all the mexican restaurants started serving them so mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but anyway i digress mm. uh i've been following the story now for a while this is out of texas uh, a man who stole 1.2 million dollars in fajitas sentenced to 50 years in prison holy cow that a four- is- <laughs> that's a lot of fajitas <laughs> holy vegetas uh, a former Texas Juvenile Center employee who co- uh, confessed to stealing $1.2 million in fajitas received a 50-year prison sentence last year, or last week, sorry. Officers last summer found fajitas in the fridge of Gilberto Escamilla, a then-employee of the Cameron, uh, Cameron County Juvenile Justice Department, who later admitted to stealing and reselling the marinated meat over the uh, course of several years. Um, what tipped them off? Uh, well, it started uh, started this way. A, a 800-pound 800, 800 fajita delivery uh, <laughs> sparked a confusion last summer when it arrived at the juvenile detention center in uh-huh. San Benito, about 10 miles north of the Mexican border. Uh, that's because they, the center actually never served fajitas there. <laughs> Escamila, the employee who, uh, who usually received the orders, had taken the day off. Um, a trail of invoices and vouchers eventually led investigators to Escamilla, totaling a theft of one point two five fifty one thousand dollars worth of fajitas. So anyway, holy this, cow! So yeah, that kind of gives you a synopsis. But this guy <laughs> basically started out small. This guy, because I've I, I read a couple stories on this uh, over the past couple months, this guy basically started by uh, he ordered in like a, a sample size case for his personal use. Well, they found out that they uh, invoicing or the Pay, uh, accounts payable or receive whatever mm-hmm. uh, department dec- uh, never they never caught it so he ordered two cases and then he ordered <laughs> three and then found he could sell this stuff to restaurants and oh, individuals okay. and so All he right. started ordering more and more and more so uh, obviously uh, his little scam pulled off for quite a while except when it eventually caught up to him so <laughs> so uh Wow. I love fajitas, but not that much. So he's like the Walter White of fajita meat. Is well, that kind of what's going on? Well, he on? was. And he, I mean, but, he, <laughs> you know, it, not a, not as glorious sure. a, as, or romantic a, yeah. as a job as a meth, you know, technician. But, but um, I mean, if you get caught with, you know, a couple hundred pounds of fajitas, you're not going to jail that night for it. You get a couple of hundred pounds yeah. of meth. Hey, buddy. Well, obviously, this cat got 50 years in prison. Talking about a, a 50 years. In this prison. is where I had problems with the justice system sometimes mm. because what the guy did, uh, what the guy did was wrong. Sure. But this is a victimless crime. It wasn't a. I don't think how many people were assassinated. I don't think yeah. there was Sicaros coming up from Mexico taking hits out on people to get him, you know, push his. His uh, fajita yeah. business. So, People are just enjoying fajitas. Yeah. I, that's all that's going on. But just think there's probably some child molester who just got a probation. Probably. <clears throat> but this guy got 50 years for fajitas. Speaking of which, do you remember that story that we had a while back <laughs> with um, the teachers protesting in mm-hmm. Kentucky? Mm-hmm. And then the, the stupid governor, you remember, we he talked about how because the teachers are striking and the kids are home, he made a stupid comment that says, well, there probably was a kid that was molested now because the teachers weren't doing their job and they were protesting. Well, statistically, that probably did happen, but that's a stupid <laughs> I mean, asinine don't comment. Don't say that. Well, you know, Arizona, they're still protesting. Are they really? Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, and I heard Charlotte's going to getting ready to protest as well. So mm. ridiculous. I, I I made my view pretty clear on that last time, but I I think it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. So <clears throat> well, I think maybe I'm going to protest for more pay. <laughs> you should just protest to protest. When I just protest myself, I guess. So. <laughs> Careful, this is a family show. You can't do that. Uh, police shooting. Here's mine. Uh, a police shot a man entering a courthouse dressed. As a ninja, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> give me some, give me some ninjas. Aww. Oh, well, that's legit. legit. Yeah, <laughs> Jinx, okay, we coke. Um, two people were injured at, after an officer-involved shooting involved a man dressed as a ninja at an Iowa courthouse on Wednesday. A witness said around ten thirty a.m., a man dressed as a ninja tried to get inside the Scott County courthouse, armed with some sort of blunt object. Quote, we walked to the doors and we seen this guy coming from across the street. Witnesses, a witness said, quote this, I swear that he dressed uh, as a ninja, all white, with a stick coming from his back that looked like a sword to me. All of a sudden, he just came running to the doors uh, up behind us. And he says, come on, G, come on out here. I'm going to get you. (laughs) Come on, G. (laughs) The fact that he says, come on, G, I think that, you know, he's not going to do a whole lot of damage. Police said the two bailiffs quickly responded, and from there the situation escalated, leading them to fire a gun and a less lethal device. Uh, he fr- ran on foot, but they finally caught up and arrested him. So, ah, that's crazy. His ninja skills ninja. were not on point that day. What do you say? Oh, what's that? What do you say about ninjuring? Uh, don't be going. Don't be ninjuring nobody. They don't, don't need to be ninjuring. <laughs> At least he, you know what? At least he did not whip out the ninja stars. You're right about that. I mean, those throwing stars could be, you know, pretty lethal. And do we want to kind of guess what was in his back pocket that was sticking out like a sword? Um. It was probably a breadstick from Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> those are delicious. You know, they used to be better. Oh, no, no, no doubt. You remember when, when they were, like, really good? It's and now like, they're just like, eh. And, but, you know, like Dead Lobster with a Cheddar Bay Biscuits used yeah. to be great. Yeah. 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 I mean, now they're okay, but... You can get yeah. them in stores now. Yeah. Can you really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did not know that. Well, that was Sam's, Sam's Club sells the the uh, deluxe pack or the deluxe box. Really? Yeah. What does that mean? It's just a a big ass box. <laughs> <laughs> a battery. <laughs> a battery. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Nice. All right, so um, we are going to transition to some some just regular news. That was uh, Wacky News brought to you by Webmerized. If you need a clean, crisp website, go check them out at webmerized.com. That's webmerized.com. Check them out on the sponsor section of our website. All right, so um, we'll go to some just some news. Here we go. So this was a story that I – just a screenshot of a story that I posted on Facebook um, that said the Charlotte is on pace to solve the affordable housing problem, which is great news. Uh, however, it's going to take 1,200 years to get that <laughs> get that resolved. Um, basically, the, the city has increased their – uh, money to help with the affordable housing in Charlotte. It went from like $15 million uh, to now $50 million. But what they're saying is the rate of um, the the need for affordable housing, it would take uh, 1,200 years and $11 billion to actually meet the demand because Charlotte's growing so quickly. 
uh, and uh, gentrification. I think that's yep. that's uh, I always I get that one and gentrification confused. Gentrification. But, yeah, yeah. So gentrification. So um, I don't. I think that we could probably do a little bit better than that. So well, my question is, what is affordable housing? Uh, I think it's uh, that's a great question. And is it a, is it a, is it a problem that the government should step in and fill? Because anytime the government steps in anything, it makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Besides, this is you know this is wealth income redistribution at its at its minute point. Because what are they doing? They're using tax dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, they yep. the, as we know, the government produces makes. Nothing. I mean, so they're using our tax dollars to, redis- to redistribute to um, to people that can't afford housing. So my question is, what is affordable housing? At what point do we mark that? What point do we say, okay, this is affordable, this is not? So I- I'm a free market guy, right? And I-, I I think what happens, and this has been documented recently in South Dakota, has been re- documented in Houston because Houston is probably the fastest growing city in Houston and Dallas are the fastest mm. two growing cities in Texas. Texas is probably the fastest growing state in America right now. And they're having the same issue where housing is just going nuts. Yeah. So how does the free market correct it? Well, when, when housing becomes so expensive where pe- people just can't afford it, rates have to, I mean, hourly wages, salaries have to go up to compensate for that because no one in their right mind is going to come to Charlotte and go, you know what, I want, I want, I mean, we're a banking center. Sure. We're also, we're, we're emerging on tech now too. So no one is going to graduate from college or, or skip another job in another city and transfer here mm-hmm. if they can't afford to live. Like yeah. when we, when we first transferred here, my wife did, she had to ask for an extra 3.5% to compensate for, for, uh, state tax, but also cost of living adjustment right. too. Yeah. Plus, plus, you know, whatever she had negotiated, but that, that's just a fact of the matter. Now I understand what they're saying as far as, um, you know, people that may be in government assisted housing, people that may be in, um, just some type of rent, rent situation where they, they're basically moving out or, you know, gentrification does happen. I just, I just don't know how the government can make it better. I mean, because you're pay- basically what happens is, you're paying for your your mortgage, but mm-hmm. you're also paying for the mortgage of other people that's quote unquote can't afford it. I mean, is that really fair? I I, I don't think it is. I just don't. I just don't, I mean, I don't know where you stand on it, but yeah, honestly, I think the free market will will correct it if they allowed it. But of course, uh, to pander to voters because there's a large pool of voters that probably fall into that quote unquote of um, people that need affordable mm-hmm. housing are not going to. They're not. They're going to vote for someone who has quote unquote their back mm-hmm. you know, sure. in check. Yep. So. So some of the the information from the article was saying that if if you make thirty um, percent of the median income in that area, that's mm-hmm. what qualifies you for uh, getting um, affordable housing yeah. and some some assistance. And that um, when they're building these new apartments and things like that, like um, <clears throat> I think seven percent of the new stuff that's being built is given or set aside for affordable housing. So they would pay reduced rent. And things like that, so that they. So can, it's basically rent control in New York. Rent control, right? Um, but the problem is, is what the article was saying was that it's generally for people that are having apartments that are renting, and the problem is, is that um, you don't get any equity out of just yeah. with an apartment, so it just kind of keeps that cycle over and over and over again. Right. Um, what the article was saying is we should actually start investing in 
in a in tiny homes mm-hmm. in tiny mm-hmm. houses and being able to do that because one the people will own it sure. one they're sec- two they're a lot cheaper which I would totally agree with mm-hmm. um, and they're kind of the hot thing now anyway right, right? so um, I think that it makes way more sense to deal with tiny homes than it does with just rent controlled apartments because there's right. no equity that gets built into that but yeah but also how's it how's it fair number one mm-hmm. how's it fair to the person who has taken the gamble to take out a commercial loan or wrap up a group of capital investors to mm-hmm. build this complex to make money. Right. And then all of a sudden they have to set aside 7% of that for people to right. reduce rent. So, but also in the second part of that is how is it fair for the people who, do, who don't fall in that 7% and actually have to pay full price? Yeah. I just don't see the fairness in that. Now, anytime you, you uh, try to level the playing ground to that, to that ability uh, try to give something to someone who may um, not have the necessary means or have has gone out and taken the sacrifices that the people other people have is basically redistribution and that that is a core foundation of communism i mean i just don't i right. i just have a hard time plugging with that look we we pay dearly for where we live sure um because we want a school district i, I work twice as hard my wife works hard i mm. mean we've you know, we've had to pick up, make side businesses to live where we are. I mean, to be in our school district. I mean, I wouldn't want anybody to come in and say, you know what, you don't have to do that. Just work a normal job. We'll yeah. help compensate. I, I, I feel I feel bad about that. So, yeah. I, I just have a I have a hard problem taking from others and giving to other people without any any due justification. I mean, there, is there is there a solution? Absolutely. But I think right. the I think the free market will have a solution to that. To where it is something like all right. We'll buy a plot of land. We'll build tiny houses. You can buy into that community. Wham, bam. I, yeah. I think – but those are free market. I, the government, psh, Yeah, I just think they'll make it worse. And that's just my humble opinion. But Yeah. Anthony, any thoughts? I mean, I agree with you. <laughs> um, I mean, now, you come from – tell people where you come from. I come from North New Jersey. So, uh, obviously, mortgages and rents are probably a little steep up there. <laughs> a little? <laughs> you get well, a one-bedroom for like 1300 Yeah. And, and you're living in the slums. Yeah. Really. So, wow. um, I mean, I've always said if they're going to do something to that fact, there should be a deadline. Hey, you got five to ten years to get yourself together. Schooling, mm-hmm. whatever, will help you with the schooling. And put you in that bracket where you can live on your own. You right. know what I'm saying? Instead of just living off the state. That's what a lot of people do. They get there, they get comfortable, and they just live off the state. And also, they produce a psych, a generational cycle too, where their kids, their other family members, figure it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I just trust me, I have my own personal <laughs> family members who have figured out this system, yeah. And now they're in the second and third generations of this. Yeah. I mean, because hell, why go work when you can just get a check? Exactly. So, I, yeah. I, but yeah, I, I mean, Newark's got to be expensive. I mean, I just. You can't even pump your own gas there. <laughs> so you don't want to pump your own yeah, gas there. You want to stay in the car. That's true. When you have a, when you have a six foot uh, or six foot thick uh, bulletproof glass, you got to try to slide your twenty dollar bill through to pay for your gas. Right? Yeah, I, I do think that we've we've got to figure out a solution, whether free market or or government, to to help. But we've got to do something that will help. I want to level the playing field, but I want to do it in a, in a way that's smart, that makes sense, that is, that helps everybody involved. And, and I understand like redistribution of wealth. I get that. You, I shouldn't have to pay um, for school tax if I don't have kids. Like I agree with that. You know, I, I believe taxation is theft. Yeah. So um, it's it's an issue. But the other part is, I think 
people are people, right? And humans. And like mm-hmm. my heart goes out to say, well, let's, let's help, you know, make that, make that community better. Right. Well, I mean, you, you know, the federal income tax has only been around since the 30 or sorry, 1913 is there's been several times in history in America where we had zero federal tax. We had, we, we, we raised capital money through tariffs. We also had a state tax or a sales tax. Mm-hmm. There's been, and we've, we've went to war. We've built, when the greatest, some of the greatest buildings in New York were ever built was before federal income tax. Hmm. So this is just a new experiment for the last, um, you know, I think we've been to a full federal tax now, uh, which started in 1931, I believe, with the fo- uh, foundation of the Federal Reserve. So did not know th- that. Yeah. So I mean, we're we're less than a hundred years into this, th- or sorry, 1903 was the Federal Reserve. Sorry, but we we're we haven't been doing this forever in the right. foundation of America. But it's never the government sector that helps grow anything. It is always a private sector. Look, yeah, that that's true. I mean, hell, we can't even mail a letter. I, I here's a prime <laughs> example. I have to send overnight packages a lot with my dealership, mm-hmm. okay, so I can get funding for a motorcycle I sell. I, I sent something guaranteed by 10 a.m. with the USPS, okay, the United States Postal Service. Right. Okay, I paid forty-one dollars to get it sent to Florida. I'm okay. sorry, Atlanta, okay, which is only four hours away. By the 10 a.m. the next day, now they had almost a full 24 hours because I dropped off 10 a.m. Um, that same day, I melt. I couldn't catch the post office because they closed at five. Well, FedEx is open till six. I had to mail off another one to Florida. Mm-hmm. My FedEx package, which cost us about the same amount, um, ended up arriving at 8 a.m. in Florida. My USPS showed up two days later. Mm-hmm. Now, Grant, I got my money back, but that's that's how the that's how wow. anything with federal government works that way. Yeah. You look with you look with the VA, you look with anything. I just I have a hard time believing that the federal government can fix anything. All they can do is oppress the people that are actually producing mm-hmm. and give it away to people that aren't and i and i i am a human and what i meant with my with my federal tax thing <laughs> sure. was is that hospitals were, were built with charity you know mm-hmm. you'd have yeah. um for example there's a my hometown there's a hospital where none started it now it's one of the biggest hospital systems in south carolina mm-hmm. because it started off charity it didn't start off with government handouts and dollars and tax redistribution so um Federal income tax is not always has not always been around, so we have not always had that blanket to to uh, to give to people. We, we are as a safety net or as a social security blanket. We've never had that. Right. Um, I just think that if you went down to a core basic tax, like we've talked, you know, I believe I'm not one. I'm I'm a libertarian, but I'm not one of these libertarian where I, I don't I don't think you have to pay something because right. we do use the roads. We yeah. we do this. We you know we do use services and things like that. But I want our our tax to be so low to where that. Um, we don't just solely depend on the government. I think yeah, some of the highest rates of some of the highest rates of charity have happened when the federal taxes have been so low. I mean, you look at the, some of the greatest organizations that have actually popped up: Red Cross, Salvation Army. A lot mm-hmm. of these things started back when the government wasn't there to help. So, if you want true philanthropy to yeah. happen, I think you have to eliminate. Anyway, that's just in history and context. So, yeah. Well, and, and going back to that, I think the church, as we've said before, the church needs to step up too, yeah, and and help push those so, <clears throat> social programs, but right. help, the, help 
push the the change that's going to happen, and the church is doing a really bad job of that. Well, I think in some areas, in I, some I, areas. I think well, I'd say a lot of areas they are. But you look at any time there's a major catastrophe, it's usually church organizations that step in. While FEMA's still scratching her heads right. on how to how to deliver you know toothpicks, church organizations <laughs> are actually getting there helping clean up. Or I mean, sure. prime example, Harvey and Irma, this, yeah. and you know, also with Maria in Puerto Rico. I mean, yeah. you had. Church organizations, um, Billy Graham's, uh, uh, I can't remember his organization now, Uh, whatever it is. I mean, they were. Samaritan's Purse. Yeah, Samaritan's Purse. They had boots on the ground, you know, within a day or so. Yeah. I mean, so, and while FEMA is still going, hey, uh, I think there's a storm out there. I mean, so, (laughs) I, I think a lot, I think. Private industry and private groups do a lot better job at figuring out problems that we need to sure. that, that ail us in social situations like well, this. Well, we look at Amtrak, right? Like mm-hmm. Amtrak just is the government, and yeah. boy, we, we keep throwing those off the rails. They right? almost killed senators a couple months ago when they yeah. derailed. So I You're mean, right. yeah. But I, I, once again, I, I, I'm not I'm not trying to uh, sound like I, the government's horrible at everything. I just think they're horrible at 95 percent of the things that they do. So so here's a twist, though. If if we're saying private privatization pushes things to grow mm-hmm. and makes things better. Mm-hmm. Here's the twist. Uh, American prisons. Um, well, you know, back in the 70s, we only had, I think, three or 400,000 people incarcerated in, in this whole in this whole country. Now we have 3.5 million or something like that. We, we lead the world yeah. in prisons. I mean, yeah. there's there's countries out there like China. Of course, we I'm sure we can't get accurate st- stats China. from China, but, but China, you know, has less of a prison population than we do. Yeah. Prison prison economy is huge. Yeah, I mean it's insane. It is, and I, I look. If it was me, everyone has ever been arrested for a victimless crime, such mm. as uh, fajitas. Well, fajitas <laughs> is a prime example. I mean, ninja um, suits. Ninja <laughs> that's right. Fajitas, ninja suits. I mean, decriminalization of marijuana. I mean, mm. how many people would be released with that? Yeah, I mean that would free so many people. And I, and at, at the expense of I think the average uh, average cost per now for a prisoner per year is fifty six thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a lot of money. That's and it, it, what that is, it it is just is it, it is an economy now. Yeah, just like you know, healthcare is one sixth percent of uh, the economy in this nation right now. After Obamacare took place, prison industry is huge. Yeah, and uh, not only is it huge as far as the, t- the the tax incentives that these prisons get and, you know, bringing jobs to communities. I mean, I, I drove through Pennsylvania. There's several big, I don't know if they're super max, but there's several big max prisons there. Uh, uh, West Virginia, there's a, there's a community in the middle of nowhere. I'm talking about, you may see some sheep goats and a couple guys out there with two teeth, but <laughs> they have a prison economy. The prison's there and that whole town, there's a dollar general, there's a prison. I mean, and that's their whole economy. But yeah. besides that, there's the there's the there's and I'll call it. And I'll, pro- I'll probably take some flack, but the slave industry. Mm-hmm. There's slave industry. These guys producing yeah. uh, products for for big corporations. You're exactly right. I think Amazon now leads in some of the products that they actually they actually sell under Amazon basic basic brand is now produced by some prisons. Wow, like socks and undergarments and things like that for their huh. lines are now produced out of prisons. Mm-hmm. And they pay these guys seventeen cent a day or something like that. Which, yeah. if you're in prison, do your time. But this is just one thing I think that just it sickens me about um, how we we figure that the the government can solve everything. This is one thing they saw. They they have people now locked up for uh, having a quarter bag in their car, and they got arrested. Now they're making socks for Amazon. And, yeah, you know, it's just it's sickening. It's sickening to me. So, were you going to say something? It's, I mean, going through that system personally. Uh-huh. Uh How much is your average pack of ramen noodles? 
<sighs> well, last time I bought it was like twenty nine cent, twenty nine cent, twenty five cent. They're yeah. like two, three dollars in there right. for us. You know, holy right. cow! Yeah, uh, little starfish cookies that you buy at the corner store, fifty yeah, cent. Yeah. yeah, three, four, five dollars. Wow! Yeah. I mean, it's big money going through there, and we're just cattle. Mm-hmm. You know, going through that system, being through it personally, just cattle right. slapping up on them, putting to work. You know, wow. and it's a, uh, it's not an ideal environment. Right? You know, they herd us together. In one mm-hmm. spot here, you know, whoever makes it out, makes it out. Long shot right. for work tomorrow, you know, and it's real sickening. And I agree with you. I mean, it's just big business. It's all they see is, is now is the government and privatized like Bob Barker. <laughs> he, he, he's like the guru of it. <laughs> right. right. Wait, the, the guy that did Price is Right? Yes, sir. The Price is Wrong, Bob. For what? Yeah, he, he supplies most of that stuff in there. The soaps, the, the toothbrushes. And, yeah. Bob Barker? Yes, sir. From The Price is Right? Yes, sir. He's a sweet old man. <laughs> Unless you're paying five bucks for a Are box of ramen. Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. Oh no. So, I mean, that so that he so he retired from the Prices Right, gave it to Drew Carey, and now he's he's sending things to prison. That is awful. Look, I think it's uh, <sighs> my eyes have been open like none other right now. <laughs> I am never watching the Prices Right. The price is wrong, Bob. That's why they're so high. Is it? Is it the Bob Barker? You're, you're doing some research. Uh, yeah, over actually, there. it's a different Bob Barker. But it's not the Bob Barker. No, I, oh, I don't think it is. Humanity is saved now. I feel like <laughs> now you can watch it again. <laughs> actually, he's based out of Apex, North Carolina, which is Ooh. right in the, the tr- research triangle. Let's go talk to him. You think we can get him on the show? <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Man, they supply everything, dude. Evidently, they supply a lot of stuff. Okay, so, so it's not the Bob Barker, just to be clear, because we could get sued for slander probably at some point. Yeah, maybe. So it's not the Bob Barker. The correction is not the Price is Right Bob Barker. It's a Bob Barker. It's a Bob Barker. A Bob Barker. Okay, all right. There we go. Okay. All is, all is right in the world. We could, we probably, well, that's how we become internet famous. We'll start it. <laughs> start. Everybody's doing it. <laughs> Bob Barker dropped this open prison. There you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, the thing is, though, but I mean, like you said, it's a machine now that has started mm-hmm. and rolled and almost kind of like our defense. Like, you're not going to stop it. Like, the only, uh, well, uh, the prison system would be easier to correct. And I think you'd have a lot better long-term results with that, starting with that industry versus starting with the military. Sure. Totally agree with that. Because if you you didn't convict, just take, for example, marijuana for for, for criminalization of that. If you decriminalize that, no jail time, whatever, Mm -hmm. I mean, you'd you'd empty out a lot of jails, number one for that. You'd also stop this this – this uh, the, the changing behavior of people that go in there into mm-hmm. the system. I mean, sure. so Anthony, uh, this breaks. I'm gonna have to ask you because I didn't. I didn't know you'd been in the system. So, mm-hmm. how long were you in the system for? Uh, through my early twenties, I got out when I was 23. Right. So, I mean, did it change you from the kid that you were to when you came out in 23? I mean, um, how did you? I mean, did obviously your perspective on life had to be a little bit different, I would say. Well, my perspective on life at that point in time was kind of chaotic yeah. because my mother had passed when I was 15. Sure. So I was just a product of the street. So when I went in, I went in with that street thug mentality, yeah. you know. Uh, but when I got in there, I was like, this isn't for me, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, 
I mean, I could have, I could have, I could have dealt with it, but I was like, I don't want to deal with this. This isn't right. This isn't where I want to be. It's not the goal for your life. Exactly. Um, see, but how many? I mean, believe it or not, there's a lot of people in there that have the same mentality as me. Uh-huh. They're just afraid to show it. All right. You know. But the, you know the recidivity rate is high, mm-hmm. and it's usually these stupid little things. You know, with with marijuana or. Somebody starts with marijuana, then they get back out. Well, they don't know how to adjust, and then all of a sudden they're into shoplifting, and then uh, that's two strikes, and then they get out and they do something other stupid, and all of a sudden it's three strikes in their lifer. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's it's just a it's a revolving door for the system. Well, what makes it harder for a lot of us why we mm-hmm. three peat, <clears throat> so I call it, is because when we get out with that blemish on our record, mm-hmm. you cannot get a job. Yeah, It's virtually almost impossible sure. if you don't have a lifeline or two to help you find your way through it. And you got to be, you know, that's right. Strong and enough. Luckily I, they're starting to do some expunging now of records, which is helping, helping mm-hmm. that because I believe in second chances because mm-hmm. I've, I've had a lot of ex felons, ex cons that have worked for me. Mm-hmm. My partner's one now. <laughs> I mean, it's just, that shouldn't define your life, right? A stupid yeah. mistake or whatever, especially if it's a nonviolent uh, or a victimless crime. You know, especially victimless nonviolent crime. I think you, it shouldn't tarnish your record forever. Well, you, I'm still thinking about the fajita guy. <laughs> like he I'm gets telling, out. I'm like telling you, that guy strictly did it for money. I, I don't. Oh, yeah. I doubt yeah. anyone died in the making of that delicious <laughs> sure. fajita platter. I mean, I, I really doubt that. So, but. You know the the keep keeping on this thread of the prison yeah. industry. I just it's it's bad news. It is. Oh yeah. You know I I just don't see the benefit of locking up simple crime people and you know because people and I was part of that problem too where people are like well if they're in there yeah let them rot or you know mm. make sure they ain't got underwear or you know Whoa. make sure they ain't got mattresses to sleep on they're doing time do the crime or do the crime do the time I mean I, I was part of that right. but then you start realizing that. I, especially after going to jail a couple times myself, you realize that, hey, I mean, it don't take much mm-hmm. to end up in jail yeah. at all. And I've ended up in jail a couple times, and I, it's for stupid stuff. Yeah. You know, so, it, but there's people that, that you see, like I met a guy one night who was waiting being transferred from one facility to the next, and he'd been in jail in and out all his life since he was 14. Wow. This guy was like 50. Wow. So it, it started with something simple. And, you know, from the, not having parenting, correct parenting to um, being, you know, growing up on the street to all of a sudden this is, it becomes his life. These guys have no chance. And then once they get into the system for something stupid, like, like Anthony says, it's hard to get a job. It's hard to, you, you know, I'm sure a lot, I'm sure it takes some adjustment coming out, you know, living that life for so many years where you wake up on a schedule, you can't ever sleep correctly because they have the lights on all the time. I mean, Mm -hmm. all these little things that we take for granted, like being able to go, to our own comfortable bed, we can adjust the lights as much as we want. Using my pillow, my pillow. <laughs> but you know, we take these things for granted. I mean, there's. I think it's just affecting the. It's making yeah. the problem worse. But also, they're taking majority of the, of the prison population is male. Majority of the prison population is also black male mm. or Hispanic male. Mm. Now there's some whites in there too. So don't let me be right. accused of pandering to Send that. Your emails to Mojo. That's right. <laughs> You're taking fathers, potential fathers, out of the communities. Yep, mm-hmm. and a lot of, and also a lot of times these guys get out, make a baby, and then they get locked back up for a probation violation or something else, and then yeah. all of a sudden you're taking these fathers out of communities. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, but my question though is because it's a big big business now, how are you going to 
get rid of that because now it's a money maker. Now people are making profits. Sure. You know, it's well, I mean, there's there's always Barker. well, I mean, we're we're always so scared to make a change because of what it means, okay, mm-hmm. or how it could impact. I mean, Toys R Us just went out of business, right? Okay, how does that affect? It affects the day to day jobs of those people that work for Toys sure. R Us. I don't know how many people it was, but obviously, Toys R Us never adapted to the new economy. Right. Okay, I guarantee you those people probably could have gone down to the. Amazon Fulfillment Center and got a job there too. Mm-hmm. Now they wouldn't be doing the same job that they were doing, right. but they'd be working in a different facility. Yeah. You know, people complained the same way they did about, you know, when, when cars first came out. I mean, yeah. honestly, blacksmiths, wagon makers, wagon wheel makers, uh, the people who grew hemp for the, for the rope for, for harnesses and things, they complained that, you know, this, this technology was going to take their jobs. Yeah. Well, did we go, did we go to a 50% unemployment then? No, we, we, uh, we adapted and created new industries. New industry will always come to be. Just like if Amazon and Walmart.com take over the whole world, mm. there will be other industries that, that, that pop up. There will right. be other needs for specialty. No one's going to be um, – there's never going to be an 80% unemployment. We just have to sure. adapt to the, that new economy. Yeah, I'm just saying like like you were saying, like marijuana, mm-hmm. right? That's not going to get passed to, to make it legal so that they're not getting locked up. Because people are going in there over and over again, yeah. and and that's creating more money and more revenue for those people that are investing in that. Sure. And those powerful people are the ones that are persuading and pushing those, you know, legislators and senators to make those rules that that won't allow that to happen. I, th- I think if you take marijuana single as an, as one issue, I think once they eliminate, and states are starting to recognize this because state right. – these states will make more money off off of taxes if they legalize it. Like Colorado had such right. a windfall, they actually issued tax refunds to to um, the residents of the state because they sold marijuana. Yeah, but you've got people that are traveling to Colorado to buy that so that they sure. can experience that. So, but if everybody's doing it, then it, you won't have such just, an influx just, as well. No, you no, you you may not raise sixty billion dollars, mm. but you may raise forty billion dollars mm. because it's no longer a reefer tourist industry. Right. But if if all fifty states were legalized, you'd still have a, a great portion. Number one, you'd have a great portion of tax refund money. Mm. Now, I'm not saying tax the hell out of it because mm. I don't believe that, but you'll have tax revenue that can be used for social services, whatever whatever that people deem necessary. Um, you also not eliminate, but you vastly decrease the black market and crime that comes with that too. Yeah. I mean, you, you no longer have the likes of El Chapo and these guys on our southern border trying to, you know, uh, drone in kilos and kilos and pounds and pounds of weed yeah. because it, all of a sudden the price of the black market drops. So yeah. anyway. Who I agree with that. Um, and also with that, uh, and it's kind of wacky. I was talking to somebody about this, and he was—you uh, could tell—he used to be a hippie. <laughs> and he said to me, "He goes, you know, they need—they need to just legalize drugs across the board." And I looked at him kind of funny, like, you know, what do you mean? And he says, uh, "He said, think about it. If they legalize it, they can tax it and they can control it." Mm-hmm. He said that stops a lot of the cartels and everything. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, "With that, you can build your uh, rehab home or rehabs for them. Mm-hmm. You can control that." That's taxable. He said, so it'd be all inflation, you know, for the government to get more money. All right. And it would really cut down on a lot of crime and the justice system being able to put everybody in jail. 
with, you know, the little things. Like right. you were saying, with, a, with yeah. a dime bag, you know, that's not even a necessity, you know. Right. What's he going to go do? Go destroy his refrigerator? That's about right. it. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, even if we, you know, even if we look, I know you challenged, you challenged me to read this social justice book. Right. Okay. Um, even if you look at these antiquated laws that we have in, a lot of these laws were placed in due to racist beliefs, mm-hmm. especially marijuana. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's actually called cannabis, but we named it marijuana to sound more Mexican-y because <laughs> it, it scared more people. I mean, the, <laughs> Is that true? The, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the government actually spent money to make a movie called Reefer Madness – we actually, the taxpayers funded a movie called Reefer Madness to scare the hell out of people by cannabis. Like taquitos or something like that. <laughs> Reefer Madness? I never heard of yeah, this. Yeah, 1931, they came out with a movie called Reefer Madness. You have to, it's on Netflix. Hmm. Um, it, 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 it basically, and also, uh, her, I mean, this is way off subject, but anyway, Hearst, Hearst Industries, the news corporation, Script, yeah. Script and Hearst, or the two largest newspapers in the country, actually, government tax. Government paid them to actually write articles expressing uh, how white women, um, white women would smoke weed, and then all of a sudden they they be gang raped by black men. And I, I mean, and I know that's not probably great to say on our podcast, <laughs> but that's just a blunt truth. Yeah, no, good gracious, blunt. Not no, no uh, pun intended. intended. I see what you did there. I, I'm just saying that the, you know, there's no foundation for this law. I mean, we yeah. alcohol is a taxable consumable product. Yeah. I enjoy it, sure. But alcohol, you're gonna alcohol is gonna do a lot more damage and has done more damage to lives mm-hmm. than uh, marijuana or cannabis will ever do. Right. So I just, it's just such a money. Like you said, go back to your point. It's such sure. a money maker now for this co- yeah. government. L- look at the war on drugs. How many? How many? Totally agree. How many? How many tax dollars? Demilitarized military equipment goes to, to local localities mm-hmm. every year. Yep. Okay, you got that part. Then you got the funding after they wrap it up. Mm-hmm. The prison system. I mean, it is just a huge economy. But if we if we took marijuana off the table, I think you'd probably decrease uh, uh, the criminal population of a jail by twenty five percent. And I think at some point that we will see that, maybe in our lifetime. I think we're close. I think we're close. Uh, but it, it's going to be interesting to see how we replace because I I don't I don't necessarily know that the prison system is going to go down quietly trying to to keep their their people in there. So what are they going to do then next if they're not going to do Marijuana, right? You know, you know if you look in Europe, going. you know there's several countries in Europe that are actually closing prisons. Mm. Hmm. That'd be nice. Yeah, I'd, I'd be all about that. And of course, they have such a lax, lackadaisical, lackadaisical, laissez-faire approach to prison systems. Anyway, mm-hmm. like for example, you could—I mean, you murder someone, you do your time. You're not. You, there, you're not you're not going to be a lifer. You're not unless you're, you kill multiple people. But right. you actually have a chance to redeem yourself and become an integral part of society again. Right. You know, here we don't have that. Now, yeah. I'm not saying I'm for uh, murder. I'm just saying that <laughs> you actually have a chance I'm to for murder. <laughs> well, you know, murder and then no consequences. I mean, gotcha. I, you, okay. you actually have a chance to chance to repair yourself and become right. a, a, an actual productive citizen yeah. of society again. And I, I just don't know. Yeah, so I mean, this, we could talk about this thing for forever, but, oh, yeah. but well. we promise that we talk about other things. So, um, let's go to the Boy Scouts of America. They recently have just dropped the boy the boy part of it, right? Yeah, uh, announced today, Boy Scouts are dropping the word "boy" from the flagship pro, uh, program. Girl Scouts are shrugging. 
This comes from the USA Today. Uh, Boy Scouts of America doubled down Wednesday on its quest to become a scouting organization of choice for boys and girls, announcing it will drop boy from the name of its signature program. But the decision didn't impress the Girl Scout organization, which noted no new girl-specific programming. Uh, Girl Scouts is the premier leadership uh, development organization for girls. Uh, Sylvia Acevedo, uh, CEO of Girl Scouts USA, said in a statement, We are and all, and will all, always remain the first choice for girls and parents. Uh, both groups, which have been at odds since the Boy Scouts decided to open its doors to girls, have been struggling to struggling with declining memberships. That's what it's all about, mm-hmm. the declining membership. The only thing I'm really caring about is if there's a merger between the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts, is that going to inf- affect my cookie sales? Uh, well, getting, you'll, you'll probably have you'll probably have the tandem of popcorn and uh, oh no whoever came up with the idea of popcorn that's the Scout. worst thing ever. I'm not paying eight dollars for a microwavable bucket of popcorn. I'm no, sorry. No, get something else, Boy Scouts. I will pay eight dollars for some delicious vittles of cookies, man. There you go. We already I, talked about that one. Yep. Um, no, but I mean, I think you're right. It goes back to participation, membership, dollars, chase the money. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting, and, and we'll talk about, you know, being guys. Well, it is interesting that the guys fall, but the girls will still stay the stay the same. Now, I, I admire the Girl Scouts organization. I, I, sure. I, I appreciate their stance on that. You know, the, the uh, in California, the Boy Scouts are actually facing a lawsuit um, because under their, you know, politically correct law system mm-hmm. in California – you're basically excluding. Um, uh, you, they they had a stance on excluding gay gay scout leaders, mm-hmm. uh, but also any person that maybe identify identifies as a boy right. would be excluded, um, even though they may not be biological. So California was threatening to take away their tax exempt status. So I think mm-hmm. this is probably uh, that was just one chink in the armor as far as them chipping yeah. away at it. But <sighs> Jesus could not come sooner. I'm just going to say. <laughs> I, th- I think, man, we are. Uh, is that one of the signs of the apocalypse? Be like, well, the Boy Scouts are now no, it's just Scouts. You know, we're one step closer. What? I would love for someone to try to argue what is so bad about having boys in their own scouting organization and then having girls in their own scouting organization. I don't get it. The girls, the Girl Scouts, they no longer have the days of. Um, let's bake a cookie badge and mm-hmm. let's uh, knit, knit a parka badge mm-hmm. and um, things like that. Basically, the Girl Scout badges are the same. They have the campfire. You know, all these badges, mm-hmm. they're basically the same as the Boy Scouts. You know, development of young boys, it's okay for the boys to hang out and be boys together. You know right. what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Just like girls. Girls yeah. have the right to, to do that. I mean, how, how are they going to socially adapt when they become older? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you look at Sunday brunch, there's a lot of chicks that go to brunch together. I mm-hmm. mean – I it's okay. <laughs> it's okay for the you know the the separate uh, the sexes to be separate, right. at, you know, and yeah. have their own g- deal and gig. I, it's just I, I I think the Boy Scouts have just extremely lost their way, and I, I'm not exactly sure if it's just pandering or they're trying to, to be a, uh, be a part or be ahead of this this culture shift that we've mm-hmm. been seeing. I, yeah. I just don't understand the whole purpose of it. Yeah. No, I'm I'm completely with you. I think that again we talked about the emasculization of the man in, right. in America and the world, and I think this is just one step closer to that, uh, where they decide to take <clears throat> guys and their their inherent um, giftedness and wirings, and then try to make it into something else that it's not. So you know, and, I, and it's amazing how you know 
the the radical feminist leftist liberal uh, pundits who who basically have to chime in every time there's mm-hmm. something like this. I am surprised and surprised they are not um, supporting the Girl Scouts right now. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen any of them yeah. chime in about that. Yeah. I mean, this is an, this is an organization that teaches feminism yeah. in, in its purest form and as in a child and respecting their their feminist gifts uh, feminine gifts that God's mm-hmm. given them but you haven't seen anybody chime in about that yeah. you know they're saluting the boy scouts for being all this whole inclusive thing so anyway i i, I think once again i think it's garbage but you didn't know you were signed up for this coming into this show, did you, Anthony? I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our next topic we're going to talk about is sexting. Oh, uh, um, so if you guys, if you if you're not aware of what it is, just uh, and also too, if you have little kids, go ahead and uh, you know turn that radio dial down a little bit. Um, but basically, we're, we'll keep it as PG as we can. Sure. But like having uh, discussions, uh, uh, adult conversations with another. Uh, well, I mean, I was going to say the other gender, but who knows now? Yeah, it, it can be whatever. Uh, but it's, you know, having those conversations via text message. Right. Um, and, and so there's an issue going out now that's dealing well, with I'll, kids. Well, I'll give you I'll give you an example here. Um, I was talking to Not a— Not detailed example. Yeah, so. I was talking to a mother the other day, and a mother, um, her son is actually facing a felony charge right now and potential future uh, sex offender registration. Uh, all this was over uh, his— uh, her son was 16. Uh, the uh, son's girlfriend, 16 at the time. Now mm-hmm. she sent a new picture uh, to him. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, he uh, he's being charged now with possession of child pornography. Wow. She, uh, the young lady is being charged with a lesser crime of disseminating child pornography. Huh? So what? what? I, yeah. So the the charge now for uh, possession of child pornography is now it's a felony, uh, potential ju- juvie uh, hall time, mm-hmm. um, but also he'll have to register as a sex offender for the rest of his life. Wow! So look at the implications of that. He, I mean, yeah. the, he will have to re- he'll have to announce to a community before he comes, and you know if he can ever hold a job. Holy he'll have cow. to announce that, you know, if he ever has closes into or tries to rent an apartment, he'll have mm-hmm. to uh, register as a sex offender in that apartment. He'll have to not live X amount of feet away from us or close to a school mm-hmm. to daycare. Right. There's strong implications. Where, where did wow. we go off the rack? What? I mean, I know, I know how we went off the rack. It was probably right. some, and I'm that dad too. Well, I won't, if anyone sex, my, my daughter, I'm, and if she sex back or whatever, I'm, I'm not going to the cops. I'm going to that kid or mm-hmm. that parent and right. talking to him. And yeah. probably I, I may end up in with a felony, <laughs> but it was probably some, you know, some mom who yeah. all she does is watches soaps all day, mm-hmm. waiting for her kids to come home, probably made a big stink about this. And then a bunch of moms like this do this. And wow. all of a sudden there's laws being changed. So what are your thoughts on this? I, I personally don't think we should ruin a child's life sure. by branding them. Yeah as a sex offender just because of this. Now I, I don't I'm not saying I agree that they should be doing this. Correct. If I catch my daughter doing this, you know, they'll be hell to pay. But I'm sure. just saying that we should not penalize these kids to this extent. Yeah. No, not not at all. If they were actually having real relations, I mean they would they wouldn't have those, you know, 
He wouldn't be labeled as a. Would that be because considered rape? I mean, I mean, it would. Having, it you, would you be. If, yeah, I mean, it would be. If, statutory, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, so I, guess, I don't know. It, it, every every state's different, but you know. This, I mean, generally, if you found that, you would just hose them off, you know, with a hose, tell them to go back to your rooms and be yeah. done with it. But you know, that's right. You know, and today, obviously, I didn't have cell phones in high school. Thank God, because thank uh, yeah. Lord. But <laughs> this is the this is the equivalent of. As growing up as kids, where you know going behind with going behind the the football bleachers, yeah, with Betty Sue and yeah. and getting a getting a, getting a, an education on anatomy, yeah, you know, I mean sure. that's the same you gotta, thing. You got to do extra credit, I understand. And gra- and granted, it's in your memory bank, but <laughs> it but it's not in your phone forever. Sure. But kids are gonna kids are doing this. I mean, I yeah. I, I wonder how many I wonder, I wonder how many potential. Yeah. Sex offenders will buff up and beef up on the registry. Well, remember, so if they're gonna if we're gonna legalize marijuana, yeah. now we can start filling them up with with the child molesters. I just I, I wonder I just wonder yeah. where common sense was lost in, yeah. in judicial prudence. Man, I, I totally agree. I mean, that's just that's going way way beyond what it yeah. should be. Yeah, I mean, just to be happening. Let's just say that three hundred thousand kids a year get put on the sex offender list because of this. And how many kids we have in America? One hundred twenty million or something yeah. like that. That's a lot of sex offenders in communities. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It, it, that that's ruining a lot of lives. Yeah, so it really is just another thing of I, I just don't. I think when the sometimes when the government so, tries to solve a problem, mm-hmm. they go a little overboard. You think so? Uh, it, you think? It, and this is <laughs> this is a prime example with you know with the prison industry or yeah. this industry with kids. It's just now if it's a consenting adult, an adult that's doing it, absolutely totally nail them to the gotcha. wall. But for kids. I, we can yeah. all step back and, and remember when we were kids. We did some pretty stupid stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So kids are going to be stupid, and kids are going to be kids. So I just don't – I just I hate to see my friend's kid <coughs> get wrapped up yeah. in something like this. It could potentially affect the rest of his life. Sure. So That's nuts. Yeah, it's, it's completely idiotic. Uh, it's way overboard. I mean, I mean – Beat his butt, call it a day. You know. Yeah. And yeah. They both they both the same age. They both knew what they were doing. Yeah. She should, if, if anything, and I'm not trying to say they should mm-hmm. get charged, but she should get charged with the same thing. Yeah. yeah. You, you get what I'm saying? She sent it first. She initiated. It. Yeah. You, you get what I'm saying? Why is he getting a heavier charge? It's it's uneven playing field, as you would say. Yeah. You know. But also, you know, uh, think of how many girls may actually instigate that. I'm not saying girl. I, I'm a I'm a proud father of two daughters, mm-hmm. but. I know sometimes girls chasing after a boy mm-hmm. can do that. They'll send mm-hmm. a picture of themselves in a provocative pose. Yeah. You know, what if that kid, I mean, that kid didn't ask for it, but he right. opened his phone to that picture because yeah. he saw a text from her. All of a sudden he's in possession. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's like we're just throwing out common sense and chain of custody. Yeah. All, all in boot just because of, because of probably some mother's group. Yeah, didn't have enough time campaigning about banning guns, so they, <laughs> they had to get onto this back this bandwagon. So, like, so that's an actual law that's going on that that's already been passed. Oh man, and, yeah. and, and you can research here here locally, Cox Mill High School. I think they just re- arrested six or seven kids. Um, there were several football team members who got arrested for holy a child, cow. basically a, a a a girl in the high school uh, sent a picture to a guy. The guy saved it and forwarded. It to a couple of his friends. Well, all those friends got popped for possession of child porn. Holy cow. With the so, children yeah. themselves. That's what it, that's what's what's that? boggling with the children themselves. Yeah. That's what's boggling my mind. I mean, yeah. 
God. So this is this is where we jump the shark sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? This yeah. is just it's, it's mind boggling and Went scary at the same time. Yeah. yeah. No, I totally agree. I just tell my wife. Just send, if you're gonna send me nudie, send it to my private account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course she's not a kid either. But well, the other thing then comes to my mind is what's actually on Clinton's email then server? You know, server. Then. <laughs> what would somebody send her? Just think about this today. Today or yesterday, breaking news: uh, Israel covertly recovered uh, fifty-five thousand files from Tehran, Iran, about their nuclear program. Nuclear. We now we now know more about Tehran's or Iran's nuclear program than we do Hillary Clinton's <laughs> emails. <laughs> just, just, just think on that or chew on that for a minute. Yeah. Just think that we actually know more about a secretive nuclear program of a foreign country versus, uh, you know, a, a, a potential presidential candidate who lost. All right. Anyway. Well, there's the show. All right. So thanks for tuning in for the Southern Fried Philosophy podcast. Um, next week, we have uh, Leanne Powell from Southern Grace Distilleries, and she is going to be bringing some conviction bourbon for us. She better. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and Brandon, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, you can find us out on uh, iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Please go there, subscribe. Uh, also, give us a review. That's how we move up on the uh podcast algorithm also get to our facebook at southern fried philosophy dot or southern fried philosophy our website at southern fried philosophy dot com instagram and twitter is the sfp radio and finally our youtube.com forward slash sfp radio and as always keep it rolling <laughs>